Never heard of it. This is probably my first time. No, never heard of it. What do you think it might be? Well, yeah. a house for the past. I mean, <laughs> sounds, pretty, sounds pretty explanatory, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. can, you, can you imagine a house full of rats, roaches, mice, spiders, all kind of little pests? You know, not a good thing, is it? Mm -hmm. Just basically uh, nasty and dirty and filthy. You know, and this is kind of funny. <clears throat> uh, when we were growing up, one of my cousins, they lived out kind of a, a little small town, but their house was really beat up and dirty and nasty, to just be honest. I won't tell you their names, so you won't know. <laughs> but anyway, they had so many roaches in their house. You know, you wake up, roaches everywhere. And I was thinking, how can people live like this? Because we, we had to spend a night there with our cousins. And I, was, I think that was the first and last time I ever stayed in that house because it was just filthy and nasty and dirty and all these bugs running around and stuff. I bet so, you didn't get much sleep either, did you? Nah. Uh -uh. And so here's Sister White saying because of the atmosphere of our world, the wor because of, of sin, rather, the atmosphere of our world has become like a pest house. Nasty, filthy, dirty, corrupt you know, a place that you don't want to be. And that's true. When you think about some of the places in some of the cities, you don't want to go in those neighborhoods, right? Because you know it's bad. You, you never know who's waiting around the corner to do you some harm. So that's what sin has done to this world. Can you tell me something, even though recognizing that sin has turned the world into a pest house, do you have any uh, bright lining behind that cloud of the world being sinful? Bright, bright linings to that cloud? I mean, yeah, it is sinful, but there are still beautiful things in the world. You have the mountains and the ocean and, you know, flowers and trees. You know, you see God's handiwork in spite of all of the bad that's surrounding the world yeah think about the whole world is not uh you know doesn't have this atmosphere there is sin is in the world but like Lakita's saying the entire planet it doesn't show the traces of sin everywhere and it's good to point out uh, how beautiful the flowers are how beautiful the trees and the clouds are when you think of god's beauty it ends up being in natural things like plants and animals and stuff not necessarily in human things, even though there are some nice uh, things that humans have built also by the grace of God. So you don't want to think that, oh, I don't want to, you know, the, the world's so sinful, I just can't even come out my front door. You don't want to get into that type of thinking because there's still a lot of great and in, enjoyable and uh, fun things that you can still do in this world. Uh, especially, you know, we're blessed to live here in St. Louis, which has so many free things that we can do that are just a lot of fun. You know, you think about, of course, the zoo, the planetarium, the botanical garden, uh, Shaw's garden, the butterfly house, the arch, and the list goes on and on. There's still a lot of great things and enjoyable things for people to do in St. Louis, even though there are some areas uh, that are like a pest house and that you do not want to be bothered with.
So here's another. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. Uh, pest house in um, Miriam's dictionary on my phone, <laughs> and it's um, it's a shelter or hospital for those infected with a pestilential or contagious disease. That's another. Ooh. That's another. Um, meaning of pest house that's terrible pestilence and disease yeah it's crazy so earth has become a shelter or hospital for people with a pestilential or contagious disease mm. so we all have the disease of sin that's <coughs> taking us down and mercy oh on the next chapter talks about an epidemic of crime we're living in the midst of an epidemic of crime. Right. Which thoughtful God freeing men everywhere stand aghast. And the corruption that prevails is beyond the power of the human pen to even describe it. Every day brings fresh revelations of political strife. Anybody seen any political strife? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's constant. Bribery going on, fraud going on, says every day brings a heart sickening record of violence. Anybody seen any violence? Mm. Lawlessness, indifference to human suffering, brutal, fiendish destruction of human life. Yeah, it's sad to say we see those things every day and uh, the indifference to human suffering. You know, they say the more we watch of the, of violence on TV, the less we care about real violence and we become indifferent to human suffering. So we have to be careful even what we watch on TV or listen to on the radio or wherever that we don't become indifferent to human suffering. You know, when you can just walk past the homeless or walk past people who are ill in the hospital and just not feel any compassion, no kind of uh, desire for mercy for them or to help in their suffering, you know, we have to be very careful that we don't become that way to people. Uh, and some people are really brutal and fiendish in destruction of human life. I don't know how many of you have ever been down to the downtown to the Soldiers Memorial. Have either y'all been to the Soldiers Memorial? Anyone? No. <clears throat> off the market? Yeah, uh, market. Yeah, if you, yeah. Yeah, you've been in there? I haven't been in, but I've, I've seen, I know what you're talking about. I haven't actually gone in. Yeah, if you go in there, you'll be shocked because it shows you all the different type of uh, elements of war that humans have created. And I was looking at some of these things thinking, what kind of person thinks of stuff like this? Why would you want to create something that would cause so much brutality and destruction of human life? But that's what Sister White's saying every day. There's more of that. And when you look at those things, you think to yourself, I was thinking to myself, this is only the devil, you know, thinking of this kind of stuff. Because, wow, you couldn't even imagine some of it. And she, she even says, who can doubt that satanic agencies are at work among men with increasing activity to distract and corrupt the mind and defile and destroy the body? Have you ever thought that you might be walking around people who are possessed of the devil? You never know, and I think about that when you're driving down the street and you sit at a park, at you park at a light. You don't know who's behind you. You don't know who's on the side of you. You have no idea who mm -hmm. is 
is near you, who's at the store with you, who's on the line with you, if they're high, you just don't know. Yeah, are thinking about like how many people are out walking around who have murdered somebody mm. and have gotten away with it, or you know, at least they have not been caught yet. This is a whole bunch of bodies that don't have haven't been, I mean, murders that have not been solved. Yeah. And you just never know, like you're saying, you go to the store, you in line, you don't know if this person's gonna go off their rocker. Well, you at the bank. Go ahead, Paula. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, when I was a student, it was on the bus line. There was a concentration of possessed people. I mean, I saw some of everything in public <laughs> transportation. And mm. if you sit there, like sometimes I take my Sabbath school lesson and mm. read, it seems like every time I became the target of somebody, you think you better than why you reading that? And that could only be a devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know this person. <laughs> why are you reading that, huh? Hmm. Yeah, we just never know. And it's, it's really sad, <clears throat> like Lakita mentioned during stewardship time today, about the uh, shooting, shootings going on at schools, the bank shooting, people just being shot in the street, people still doing drive-by shootings, you know? It's just, you never know what's going to happen, you know? And we have to stay prayed up and, and ask for God's holy protection and his protecting angels to be around us because you never know who's going to go crazy. You know, um, I heard a conversation, listening to a conversation the other day, and a guy was talking about how some people bring guns to work. And one of his co-workers had a duffel bag, and they told him to put the duffel bag up or whatever. And when he moved it, they saw this long gun in there. Hmm. A question was asked, what'd y'all do about that? They saw, yeah, they walked him out, they fired him. And yeah. they said, well, what did he bring the gun there for? Did he bring the gun to do some harm? He said, no, he brought that gun so he could make it back home without anybody hurting him. Mm. So it wasn't even about him mad. He wasn't mad at anybody. It goes back to your statement about protection. You live in an area where you have to get on the bus and you get off the bus and have to walk home and you have to carry you a sawed off shotgun just to be safe to get home. That mm. person needs to know that Jesus is... is <laughs> Just pray, brother, don't, don't be carrying no weapons to make sure you get home. But but it really speaks to the world we live in. Some people feel like they got to carry this stuff so they can go to work and get back home safe. It's sad. Yeah. And now they're trying to advocate for the uh, teachers to carry weapons in the classroom, you know, because of the school violence that some people's thought is. Well, if one of the teachers had a gun, he could have shot the intruder. You know, that's what people think. That's the best possible outcome. But nothing ever goes the way you plan it. There's so many ways that could go wrong. It's just sad to think that so many people think that a gun is the answer to gun violence. More guns <laughs> won't solve gun violence. It creates more gun violence. Right, right, right. Mm. And, and people, a lot of countries overseas don't even allow guns, weapons, people to carry weapons, and they have lower crime rate. But you can never say that in America because America is just hooked on the Second Amendment and hooked on gun uh, possession. And they just feel like the only way to stop crime is to commit more crime with guns. And then they'll even tell you guns don't kill people, people kill people. Yeah. 
Interesting. Uh, Sister White also said that every day testifies to the increase of insanity. <laughs> Doesn't that sound kind of funny? Every day the insanity is increasing. I mean, really, um, this week I was thinking about, you know, I was listening to someone and uh, this is on the shooting that happened at the bank. And every time they'll say, we don't know if this was a mental health issue or you know, what that means is they don't know if there's a record of them having had treatment or something like that. But the truth of the matter is any crime is a mental health issue, any crime, because, you know, let's think about just running a stoplight. You putting yourself in jeopardy. That means I don't care about nobody. You know, I don't care about myself. I don't have to follow the rules. It's an impulsive decision. It is not, a, um, you know, the, the person haven't thought beyond what they wanted to, what will happen if I do this. So it's a lot involved in just a simple thing like running the red light, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you may do it because, you know, it's yellow and it goes fast. Um, but sometimes that light is just bright red. People just <laughs> decide to just roll out there. They, they had to stop even. And they're just going out there because mm -hmm. they don't care. It's lawlessness. I think, um, yes, you're right. There's a lot of people that are impatient. And, mm -hmm. and when you're driving on the road, we all know that we're sharing the road. I don't own this road. And if I decide that I want to make a right turn and I'm in the left turn lane, right. I is going to say, well, I should have thought about this a couple blocks before mm -hmm. so I can prepare myself for the right turn. But some people are like, you know what? I don't care that I'm in the left turn lane. I want to make a right turn. And then they make it. And it's like, you can't do that. You're sharing the road. Go down the street, make a U-turn, do something. But you can't just do that. But more and more nowadays, the light can be red. And they go right on through it. They just look both ways and keep on going. And I'm thinking. Especially in the city. In the oh, city. it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just crazy. Yes, yeah, an epidemic in the city, and they people are thinking of bringing back those red light cameras, <clears throat> not to prosecute folks for speeding because apparently that's not legal, but to get down license plate numbers of people who are running red lights and stuff because they cause accidents, you know, and they'll cause an accident and then just take off and keep going, you know, and it's just sad that ultimately it all boils down to selfishness. I want to get to where I'm going. I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to do my thing and y'all just on your own out here. And it's really sad. And I just couldn't get past where she wrote every day testifies to the increase of insanity. You know, and at one point I recall in the statistic was in New York City, uh, three, I'm thinking it from what I remember, three out of four, three out of four or five people were had mental illness three out of four or three out of five had mental illness. So if it's steadily increasing, now what is that? Five out of five people got mental illness, you know, and we're just walking around a bunch of people who are insane and people who are controlled by Satan, you know, and his whole plan is to distract and corrupt our minds and defile and destroy the body. Why do you think he's choosing those two things? I'm sure that's not the only two, but why would he want to distract and corrupt our mind and why would he want to defile and destroy our bodies? I start with what God has said in the word, let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. Your your actions are controlled by your mind. You think it first, and mm-hmm. then hopefully, if you're thinking evil, um, you can let some other good thoughts come in before you actually take action upon it. But people nowadays are thinking it, and then they go out and do it. And um, it was interesting what you're reading to me, Lee. Is when was this book published? When did she write these things? Because I know this had to be over 100 years ago. And what she's saying back then is relevant and very true, like she wrote it yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Why else would Satan be attacking our minds and bodies? Yeah, why would he be focusing on distracting and corrupting our minds? So we won't be paying attention to God. We get so caught up in this world and what's happening, we're not praying and talking to the Lord and building relationships and loving each other. We're not doing none of that because we're busy. You know, it's just it's just so much. It's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do we communicate with God? Through our minds. Yeah, so if he can distract us from thinking about God, from studying about God, from telling others about God, you know, he's doing a good job if he can keep us from doing that basically from being witnesses, basically from being ambassadors for Christ. He's preventing us from spreading the gospel. And why else, why would he defile and destroy our bodies? Well, I was going to go back to you in the mind. If he, if Lee, (laughs) of course I'm saying this jokingly, Mm. if you believe you're a woman, then what do you start doing, Lee? You start finding out what you can do to change your body Mm-hmm. to other than what God has created you. So now you're defiling the body that God gave you because I believe, I, I um, recognize, or whatever the word is, I um, recognize myself as a woman. So you started that mess, you started that in my mind. And so now I start to change my body to address what my mind is saying that I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're seeing that more and more today. Mm. Yeah. That's just one aspect. Another thing, too, is uh, for our bodies and stuff, Satan just hates God. And we were made in the express image of God. And if he can bring us down to, you know, um, the lowest that he possibly could possibly do to us, you know, um, then, you know, he's, he's pleased with that. He's happy because you know, he's destroying this image of God. If he can get us to be mad all the time and kill each other and, you know, backbite and just be mean and rude, or if even, if not from that, be bodies racked with cancer and losing weight and you look like a walking skeleton, you know, he just hates God. And since we're in the image of God, he's just trying to turn that image down. He does not want any trace of God seen in anybody. He just doesn't want that. Yeah, excellent. And also remember that um, the health message is the right arm of the gospel. So they work together, health and body and mind. And then our body is the temple of who? Yeah, Yeah, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if he can destroy the temple, where's the Holy Spirit going to dwell at? So it's, uh, it's, it's incumbent upon us to not only study the word of God, keep our minds stayed on on God and focused on him, 
but also to take good care of our bodies as well so that he can have a good temple, you know, uh, to dwell within. And we got to remember too, our, our body's not our own, right? For we're all bought with the price. Mm -hmm. So we have to glorify God in our mind and our bodies, which are his. Uh, Andre, you said it seemed like she wrote this yesterday. Uh, the next paragraph down is paragraph 53.3. And uh, you were saying that it seemed like she wrote this yesterday. But she says the picture which inspiration has given of the antediluvian world, that's the people before the great flood, mm -hmm. represents too truly the condition to which modern society is fast hastening. So even now, in the, in the present century, she says, there are crimes daily perpetrated as black and terrible as those for which the old world sinners were destroyed. Mm. So people are doing the same things for which the earth was uh, flooded. So yeah, it is like yesterday. Yeah, and it, you know, of course, it reminds me of the verse that says, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Lord. So... You know, and back then, God said it was, I'm sorry that I even made man because mm -hmm. they are constantly evil. Their, their thoughts are just evil constantly. And, you know, you look online and look at these different outlets, Facebook or uh, YouTube or Twitter. I mean, some decent stuff, of course, some very helpful stuff out there. But there's a lot of foolishness, man. Just crazy <laughs> stuff. You know, I was, yeah. uh, and even in the news, the news is, you know, I still like the news, but <laughs> the news is just full of craziness. I was reading about a girl who apparently had um, intimate relations with a dog. Now, she doesn't say, oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she doesn't, went all day without him. She doesn't say, you know, <laughs> oh, um, you know, like, um, right, I didn't right. do that. That wasn't me. She says something like, it was forced. I was forced. It's crazy. It's crazy the way what's going on out here. We're just getting further and further away. They're chipping away at the rules and laws for people to have, you know, relationships with children, you know, like wanting to have child marriages, kids being married at 12 and 13. It's it's just very, very sad. I'm very sad. And I, I, can almost, I can almost guarantee you that's coming from the Republican side, this family value stuff, you know? Yeah, I saw something the other day. This woman's, I don't know if it was her husband or brother or father, some, somebody in her family died. They cremated him, and she starts to eat their ashes. Okay, something else we could have done without him. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to my, well, first of all, here's the thing that got me. First of all, that's that's crazy in and of itself. That, that's just crazy. But the fact that you allowed somebody to come and film you talk about and say and you admit, yeah, I wouldn't even want to be on TV. Let nobody know I did something stupid like that or crazy like that. <laughs> but but your mindset is you're good with it. And I don't know what I'm going to do when I eat all this up. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I mean, I, it's like, what are you talking about? What, where is your mind that you would even, what made you even want to even start that is what, where I'm at. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I just, that's, how, why would I start eating trash? Why, I mean, why? So, yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah, I, you're right, Lee. You, you could have done, <laughs> <You could've laughs> done without it. Yeah, well, all sin st starts with just a kernel. 
of a thought, yeah. letting yourself be exposed, letting some see through your armor, and then you get more and more, and that's acceptable. You go to the next layer. Okay, that's not so bad. You go to the next layer. Before you know it, you got stuff like y'all just talked about that I never needed to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really, it is, it's very, very sad, you know, out here that the people, you know, when it was first came out about some of the stuff people were thinking, let's just say about COVID, some of the stuff that, I mean, like it didn't really, stuff like it didn't exist, you know, people aren't really dying. And you see the bodies all laid up in New York on the side streets. Mm -hmm. They didn't have enough space to put the bodies, right? People were being found all over everywhere, just dead. And you're saying, so when you look at this stuff, you, I, I was thinking at that time, you know, I was like, this is something gotta be wrong with people. They, how can you just look at something and see see it on TV or even probably if we went to New York, walk past these dead bodies and you'll be saying that it don't, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord says, I'll leave them to a reprobate mind. You know, they'll, they'll believe a lie and stuff. So it's, it's becoming really, um, like you say, a little bit here, a little bit there, a tip, you know, just a little taste of this, a little taste of that. Somebody say, I did it. Uh, I sniffed their their thing and I got hot. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Having their consciences seared like with a hot iron. So if you take an iron and you um, iron in your clothes and then you leave the iron on there and burn right through your clothes, it's just ruined it and there's nothing you can do. So people's consciences are like that. They just and, do not function anymore. And, and she mentions the word insanity, right? Mm-hmm. So back in the old day or back in the day, you know, you would believe insanity was a person, you know, they have a psychotic <coughs> break. They're not of this world. They're not paying attention. But we're looking at insane people and they up in the White House. I mean, you got people Ooh, talking, about the, talking about the <laughs> Jewish and aliens and green space aliens. And people actually vote, vote again for this person and keep voting for people who if for real, for real, if these people were African-Americans or, or maybe poor, if they didn't have any money, people would be like, she's crazy. Put her in the psych war, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody would tolerate that. Nobody would listen to it. You know, everybody would be like, girl, quit talking crazy. That's crazy or whatever. But no one is saying this stuff. They, In fact, they're recruiting more people to believe these, these foolishness. Yeah, this foolishness. It's sad. It's, it's just... I mean- going unchecked. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it just reminded me when you said what you said, Lakita, uh, remember the, how uh, the Senate race was so close in Georgia. You had Herschel Walker, basically yeah. literate, bold-faced liar. He did one good thing in his life. Uh, he played his sport well against, um, against a PhD, a pastor with a PhD. Mm-hmm. And the you know, and the race was so close they had to do it again. I forgot what the legal term is, right but I, that just yeah, it that just goes how insane, mm-hmm. you know. Like the Bible says something about in the last <laughs> days, what's right will be said is wrong, and what's wrong will be said mm-hmm. is right. Mm-hmm. When is that black and white? Mm-hmm. Even a child could tell the difference. And, you know, and when, and when you talk about insanity, like you were just saying, that's insane. You know. So we, insanity is not what we think it is. It it, it is people who have psychotic breaks, but we can be sitting next to people who believe some insane stuff. And unless we talk to these people, we have no clue. Yeah. 
I mean, it's people I really believe, right? You like in the church who have some insane beliefs. They talk sane. They walk like they're sane. Oh, they're <laughs> but 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 there is some real some real issues, and, and everybody don't believe the same. And there's you know people like to use the quote insanity doing the same thing and expecting a different result. That's one term, but we're talking about people who just plumb nuts. Well, I mean, but yeah, that's another type of insanity. It really is because you'll have people fighting, fighting, fighting uh, um, to keep things as they are. And even though they admit that the, the way things are, it's not working. It's not good. So, you know, that is, 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 it's a level of insanity that is, um, is, is almost invisible until a person opens their mouth. And then you're like, that's insane. And it's kind of leads you to the, um, excuse me, the saying that it's better to be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and and remove all doubt. So there's a lot of people who have removed doubt as to whether they're a fool or not by the stupidity that comes out. And you think, I'm going to be looking at people differently now, thinking, I'm wondering if this person's insane. You know, you just can't go through life thinking about that. And Andre, I think you had mentioned, we just have to ask God's protection upon us each and every day because the devil's out there like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and he doesn't care who it is if he can wipe out God out of your mind or if he can destroy your body the temple of God then he's going to consider that a good day but uh, do you I, I know y'all remember um, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah which everybody considers Sodom and Gomorrah the worst city ever well, remember the antediluvians got destroyed before that. So mm-hmm. they were bad. Sodom and Gomorrah was bad. Um, but recognize that we're all sinners and God forgives sins. Why was Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed? Oh, you know what? Uh, a lot of people will say it was because of the homosexuality that was there. I don't know if that was it or not. But what I do know is that there were people who were destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were not homosexuals. They were people who would not listen and hark and obey the Lord and follow his directives. I think um, the Lord showed us how far sin had gotten, you know, uh, by the example with the angels. But even Lot's own daughters and their, and their husbands died in their um, in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's just something to think about. Well, one of the things I think about is the fact that Abraham <laughs> kept going to God saying, well, would you save this city if I can find 50 good people or 40 mm-hmm. or 30 or, or 20? You know, he kept going back to him. If you, if the Lord, if you permit me to ask one more time, what if I found this? Okay. He said, I will save the city if you can find this many people. And yeah. it, it wasn't just homosexuality it was all kinds of different things yeah. Yeah. If so, so to me if somebody was to ask me if i'm on the bus stop i got five minutes to explain why was sodom and gomorrah uh destroyed i would say he couldn't find any good people there he, he asked and he kept lowering the number the lord said okay even down to 10 you find 10 yeah i'll, I'll save the city he couldn't mm-hmm. find any yeah so yeah now think about this too. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The problem is the people were not willing to repent. Right. 
And it says, all who will put away their sins by repentance towards God and faith in Christ are offered pardon. So our duty now is to recognize that there is people in this world, in, in our neighborhood, and among the people that we see who are committing sins. And our job is to send a warning to the world that Christ is giving this pardon. You know, he's offering you pardon of sin. All, all you have to do is repent and accept him and those sins will be blotted out. So that's our duty as, as Christ's servants and witnesses to let people know there is salvation through Jesus Christ because we don't want our family and friends and neighbors and folk that we know, co-workers, to go into a, down into a Christless grave. So our duty is to let them know that Jesus saves and that he's waiting and willing to accept all sinners uh, if they just accept his salvation you know so remember that's our duty we don't want to get so worried about the robberies and murders going on that we forget what our duty is and that's to spread the gospel message of jesus christ now it says on this paragraph 54.1 54.1 the daily papers are full of indications of a terrible conflict in the near future and it says and this was back in the 1800s Bold robberies are frequent occurrence. Now, I know some of y'all like to look at Instagram and Facebook. Have you seen any of these videos of people just going into stores, just grabbing stuff and running out? And of course, carjacking people and just robbing, busting in, robbing people's house. It's like every day you're reading about this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it is kind of like, too, uh, people are so sense it that they forget and they film themselves doing the dirt doing their you know doing their crime and stuff too just they so they're doing their crime live stream it's on facebook mm -hmm. while they're doing it and um i, I don't know if you headed it this way brother <laughs> carol but at the bottom of the paragraph mm -hmm. Um, it says men possessed of demons are taking the lives of men, women, and little children. Yeah. That's talking about the mass shootings right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you hit it right. Possessed of demons. I mean, that's just hard to fathom that somebody is actually controlled by a demon, but we know it happens. You know, we, it's in the Bible. We know it happens. Some of us may have run across some people who are demon possessed. I know I have, you know, I, I was, uh, was whenever the Lord has been really good to me to help me discern people that I need to stay away from. And I just hear the Holy spirit tell me, do not be around this person. I don't know why, but the Lord says, don't be around this person. I'm out of there. And then when, when you think about it, you know, something's going on with these people you can kind of always tell Lakita, I always laugh about it. I say, you can look in a person's eyes and tell that this person is off their rocker. You know, they got something going. You might not know what it is, but they got some uh, some problem with them and you need to avoid them. And even the comedians always laugh about it. And they say, uh, if you want to know where to, when to leave or when there's trouble, just watch the black people because the black folks will see somebody come in wearing a ski mask and a camouflage suit and they start heading for the exit saying, I'm going on break, you know, so you better wake up and pay attention 
you know, that there are some people out here who are not thinking straight. And if you're around them, you know, they don't probably don't even recognize you. They might not even recognize you or the demons who are possessing them just know that you're a Christian and they want to kill you. So when the Lord tells you to get out of there or to move, you best do it. I was sick of it. Um, so sick of like you have a person who will go and do a mass shooting. Now, a person who would do something like that, you guys already know, you've said it already, that usually it's just a little thought, a simple thought, and you feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it. You know, and then feeding it, you know, first of all, it starts inside your mind. Then before you know it, you tell somebody, you say something about it to somebody, you write it down somewhere, you do something ridiculous. Well, what was really annoying to me is that the parents of these kids, these um, these mass shooters, some of these parents or family members were, oh, we didn't know anything was wrong. So is this normal in your family? Is this something y'all just sit around and do and talk about how somebody's going to get killed? You know, or, 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 or y'all talking about violence so that it's just such a normal thing that you don't recognize insanity when you are living with them every day. You know, that's one thing. So this past year when uh, there was a shooting in St. Louis, Vashon, I think it was a school or the performing arts the school, whichever one it was. But anyway, the performing arts school. So those parents, this was a, a Black person who did the shooting. I think he may have shot two people. I don't even know if they died, thank God. But anyway, he... They did die. Two people died. Okay, maybe it was four that got shot at now. So anyway, um, they came out and they said, thank you, Lord. We, over the summertime, knew he had some mental health issues. We knew he had some problems. We talked to, we called the police on more than one occasion. They said it was nothing they can do about it. It mm -hmm. was nothing they could do. So what we did was we took the guns. We took all the guns out of the house. We put it at another uh, relative's house. We did. We got rid of the guns. He went and bought another gun without us knowing it. I was like, thank you, Lord, that people are living. You know, when a person's bipolar, that's not something that they hide. Schizophrenic is is not something that they hide. Intense anger is not something you, that you're hiding. You are minimizing the person's behavior and their mental health issues. That's what's really actually going on, overlooking it, making excuses. <coughs> I, this is just my soapbox. This is just something that really annoys me. You hear a report, 22-year-old raped a 90-year-old woman across the street. That parent knew something was wrong with that boy. Don't tell me they did not know. Now I don't know if they could, couldn't stop. But when I hear people say, oh, he was such a good boy, what? What? You just don't sense nothing off about this person at all? Mm. I mean, not, not just rape, but rape and kill. Mm. You know, that's interesting that you say that, Lakita, because this man that went into the bank this past week and shot up the bank, his mother called 911 and said, I don't know what's wrong. He's going to do something bad. I, I, but he's a good boy. He doesn't own a gun, but he's going down there to the bank. I'm not sure what he's doing, but y'all better get down there. And uh, she didn't know that he owned a gun. He had just bought it, I think, maybe a few days before. But she said, but he's a good kid. Okay. But, but see, so that, that, and he was an employee, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think they, but I think they had told him weeks. he was going to get fired. Yeah, he's only there two weeks, and he's about to get a two-week notice. Right. 
So they, the people who met him, they knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, see, that's what I'm saying, that minimization right there. But he's a good boy. Well, they tell the police, well, it ain't that serious, right? Because he is a good boy. No, don't add all that nonsense on. He does this at home, this at home. You got to let people know. You have to be like, sound the alarm. Is something wrong? And this is just me and for anybody out there in Facebook land, just please, please, please. If you know that your children are leaning in the direction of a certain way, counteract it. Don't just sit there and let the kids, you know, talk about cutting somebody's head off and blah, blah, blah. Talk to those kids. Talk about what's going to happen to the person. Talk about what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you if you do this and if you do that. You have to begin to try to develop empathy in this child. Help them to have a relationship with yourself. It's important. You can't just sit back and allow people to be like, you know, it's something wrong with them and you're not trying to do anything with your child to stop them from hurting somebody else. And I think, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm on a rant, but I'm going to say the last <laughs> thing, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go by the grace of God. But the last thing, the last person, this little guy who went to the school, parents were texting him and he had a gun. They 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 bought him the gun like a, over the weekend or a week before. It's full. You knew he was a behavioral child. You knew he wasn't doing what you told him to do. Why in the world? Why in the world do people just go and get him a gun when he is not? He, he's impulsive in his behavior. Anybody say I'm a ADD, ADHD? That's impulsive behavior. Not thinking it through, not saying, oh, if I do this, then this is going to happen. We're not training kids like that anymore. So if you're not, if you're not doing it, why would you? So they put the parents in jail. Good. They're texting the boy as he's going to the school to do this. The school says, hey, we need you to come and get your kid. No, no, we cannot. What? Because why can't they come and get their kids? Because he's a nuisance for them too. Hmm. But they, but nobody wants to acknowledge this stuff that's happening and nobody wants to call it out and it's going to hurt their feelings and they're going to be this and that. No, people, that's wrong. They have to face reality and you do too. Or else we're going to keep having people who are killed. Yes, the school shootings are a mental health issue for sure, definitely. But it's not just that. It's a parenting issue. It's also a... Um, it's also rules. We're teaching kids that they're entitled. They don't have to follow rules. We don't need to have consequences with kids. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We're off the chain. We're wrong. And so as a result, our, it's manifesting itself in our children. So I'm and gonna you, know what? you know what? And those same children grow up to be adults that feel like they don't have to respect authority and they don't have to go by the right. rules. They don't. And then yeah. and then when when they get the consequence that, you know, that comes with the problem then everybody's crying, you know, oh, he's a good boy. He's not. You know, what are you calling good? What what he washed dishes once or twice? What are we calling good? It's annoying to me that a man who you know, goes to work every day, takes care of his children, you know, um, is taking care of his parents, blah, blah, blah. He's looped in the same group. He's a good man. He's in the same group with the person who, well, Todd, Ted Dahmer, or whatever his name is, Paul Dahmer, yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. He was a good man. He was a very good person. Are you crazy? He <laughs> killed like 15 or 20 people. Yeah. 
some of it too when they say uh, he's gonna kill some people, but he's a good boy. Some of it's guilt because they're the parent and they don't want to admit that their kid is you know about to do something <clears throat> evil or wrong. So some of it's guilt. Some of it's just not willing to face reality that maybe I missed some things that I could have done to help him do better. And it's a lot to it, but it is kind of sad that people always say that after some innocent person is killed. Let me say this too. What happens right there in that situation, this is just my own personal opinion. And you know, it's a it's just a, a pet peeve of mine. Now, once a child, grown person, teenager, go out and shoot up and kill you know two or three people or even one you know it, it doesn't have to they don't even have to kill the person just shoot or hurt someone intentionally once they go out and do that then the parent satan will remove the scales from their brains and she will begin or he i can almost guarantee you start thinking of all these little things kill the cat at three you know um threw a knife at me when they were five you know stuff that they had overlooked and minimized. So maybe that's where that guilt is coming from because now my mind becomes clear and I'm thinking to myself, because you've been saying that for all his life, but he's a good boy. Yeah, he yeah, he stopped the teacher in the head, but he's a good boy. Really? Yeah. I think uh, too, we just even as Christians, we can't just keep overlooking sin. We have to call it by his evil name because sin doesn't sin's not a uh sin's kind of a social animal so to speak it wants to touch everybody yeah it wants to be part of everybody's life yeah so if you don't stop it you can guarantee it's coming to your door it's going to the neighbor's mm -hmm. door it's going mm -hmm. to your family's door it's going to the church doors it's going to travel everywhere it possibly can because it wants to infect as many people as possible mm -hmm. so sin is in our dna yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, in our, it's nothing you catch. It's in our DNA. Yeah, you know, uh, as Lee was saying about touching everybody, um, I was. This was years ago, and there were some young people, little kids, out like nine, ten to twelve, something like that, and they were sitting on the neighbor, not directly across from me, but um, diagonal to the to the left, sit on, sitting on her grass across the street with a boombox, and those people were Caucasian elderly people. They didn't have any children. And I go out to get my mail and come back in. The Holy Spirit said, ah, 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 ah. You cannot look at that they wrong and not say something because the next thing you know, they're going to be up here in your house doing whatever they want to do. So you got to address that right now. So I turned back around. I said, hey, so-and-so, you live right next door to this one. Why are you not on your grass? And you all got like a five-car garage, I mean, uh, driveway. Plenty of room for everybody being there with your boom bikes. Get off this people property and go, you know, go somewhere else, you know, um, go to your own house. Or I will be going to your parents' house right now to let them know what you're doing. So they got out. But someone was going to try to lip off to me and say something. But one of the kids said, uh-uh, don't say that to her because she's really nice. She's a real nice person because I had brought them in my house and gave them cookies one time. But anyway, I just want to say yes. You know, if we see it, we cannot just, we just can't step back and, and let sin take over our residence and wherever we, where we live. And people might not like it, but if you, like the people behind us, new people that moved in, domestic violence every week, they want to be screaming and hollering and cussing. Nobody else has been doing that all this time 
I just politely, everybody just politely called the police, please come over. They got it together after about the third or fourth call because we did it. Every time you do it, we're going to do it. So it's, you know, we can't, <coughs> if we sit back and watch it, it is going to touch our lives. We got, we got to make it our motto, see something, say something. Don't just let stuff get worse because it will always get worse. Well, um, it used to be like that. What'd you say? Yeah, no, it used to be like that. I remember growing up, if I did something down the street, Sister Songs, Miss Miss So-and-so would have called uh, John and Nadine before I even got home, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody could spank you at church. And then your parents yeah. spank you, and then you go home, somebody else gonna spank you, you know. But uh, people stopped doing it. I think, well, retaliation and people with guns and stuff makes right. uh, some people fearful. But evil can only prevail because good men do nothing. That's right. And even if you don't want to say something, you know, out front to the police, call them later when you're up by yourself in your house. Call them and say, hey, you know, these people down here in the pink house are the ones that's doing this stuff. You know, that way you don't get retaliated on because it is true that people will come after you. You know, and that's just sad. Let's um, finish with this last paragraph. Uh, I'm sorry, the next short chapters the arch deceiver at work and we know who the arch deceiver is and as as we had talked about satan's putting forth desperate efforts to ensnare the world because he knows the end is coming he's devising many plans to occupy minds and to divert attention from the truths essential to salvation in every city his agencies are organizing into parties those who are opposed to the law of God. Now you think about how many people and groups are opposed to the law of God, even though they might say they, uh, they're following God's will, what they're doing is not in accordance to what God's law. And it says the arch deceiver is at work to introduce elements of confusion, right? Mm-hmm. Rebellion, right? Men being fired with a zeal that is not according to knowledge. And we were kind of talking about how people get all fired up and what they're believing is not even true. It's falsehoods, but they go out there with the same energy that a person who is following the truth should do. January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got all that energy, but a wrong, wrong knowledge. And it says that Satan is a diligent Bible student, not just Bible student, diligent. He knows his time is short and he's seeking at every point to counteract the work of the Lord upon this earth. Now think about this, and I ain't going to mention no names. Satan is a diligent Bible student. And if, and if people are not studying the Bible at all, that puts them at a big disadvantage, right? If you're not studying your Bible at all, and you're going up against somebody who's a diligent Bible student, you know, it's like you and the spelling bee and you haven't studied a lick. You're going to lose every time. And it's kind of sad because in many of our churches, there is no Bible study being done anymore. There's no Bible study on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, Friday night. There's no Bible study. Even a lot of sermons, you never really get to study your Bible like, like we used to do, where you would look up the text and read along. It's, it's like people don't think it's relevant, but the point being, Satan has not given up studying the Bible. 
and we cannot afford to give it up because there'll be time where he's going to start putting out his love truth mixed with error. And if we have not studied, we're going to be fooled and we're going to be led astray. I was, I'll, I'll go ahead, Andre. I was just going to say, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's really false. You hear people talk about that's the white man's Bible. And I'm like, what in the world? The whole the whole Old Testament is in Africa. So I'm like, what are you talking about? Somebody asked, I thought if Jesus is really a uh, son of God, he had all power. And so uh, how, how did they kill him then? I had to tell him nobody killed him. He said, I laid down my life and I picked it back up. But if you don't know the word, the devil can throw all kinds of stuff at you and make you look like a fool for saying you're a Christian because you can't back it up. That's why you must know book, chapter, and verse. And why you know and be able to, to explain how this verse matches that verse and goes with this piece over here, all of that, you need to know that. Because if you're going to profess to be a Christian, the devil will attack you because he knows you haven't been studying. He's been mm -hmm. studying you and watching yeah. that you haven't even cracked the book open. Yeah. And here finally it says, Satan is now seeking to hold God's people in a state of inactivity. Mm -hmm. Anybody yep. seen any inactivity in the church? Mm -hmm. To keep them from acting or putting any action into spreading the truth. Has anybody seen any inactivity in spreading the truth? <laughs> yeah, that's the devil's trick. Keep us inactive from doing our work. Keep us out of the scriptures to keep us in a state of confusion. And people are falling for it every day. You know, the Lord says that we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study here a little, there a little, coming to a knowledge of the truth. My thing didn't cut off. Okay, there we go. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, my computer's acting up. So we have to stay on our toes because the devil's on his constantly. And we got to do what we can. God's grace is going to cover us and his Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. But we have a part to play and that's putting forth that effort, putting forth that action to do what God asked us to do, to get in the Bible and study, to study our the scriptures and help explain it to others, to be out there on the battlefield, uh, evangelizing, doing outreach work, reaching our friends, neighbors and family however we can. If you can just say, something each day or or each week say something that lets people know that God loves them and he's coming soon and he wants to save them too you know that's good that's great all of us have different talents and skills and abilities but God is calling us to do what we can with what he has given us to work with uh any other final thoughts okay if not uh Karen where are we at for next week in testimony chapter one? Uh, no, we're in uh, chapter 105 for next week. Testimony for the church, volume one. Volume one is what I mean. Okay, volume one, chapter 105 for mm -hmm. next week. So take a look and be prepared to let us know how God led you in that discussion. At this time, uh, Karen, you haven't said much. Would you offer our closing prayer for us? Yes, okay. Dear, kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time of studying and learning more about you. Lord, we thank you um, for just 
um, being able to commune with you today, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that as we study your word, um, Lord, that not only will we be um, able to gain knowledge of your word for ourselves, but Lord, let us find you. That's the most important thing. Let us find you and not just be able to recite your word to other people, Lord, but let us find you and let us, uh, may your character be stamped on us, Lord Jesus, and uh, help us to be prepared for your soon return and sealed, prepared and sealed for your soon return. And now, Lord, as we part from this class, I pray, Lord, that you would keep us through the coming week and that you would bless us to be able to return again, prayed up, studied up, and ready for class next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, uh, discussion. <laughs>